Nothing But the Words, episode number 22, Writing and Publishing Children's Books. Welcome to Nothing But the Words, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know to write a phenomenal book. Now here's your host, your author coach, Candace L. Davis. Hey there, and welcome to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author coach, Candace L. Davis. And today, in a special episode, I'm actually having my first podcast guest interview. I'm going to be interviewing throughout the following episodes a few of my clients, but I decided today to start with a client who has written children's books. That's not an area in which I have a lot of experience, so I figured it would be better for you to hear from someone who is creating success for her business through children's books. So today we have the author of The Mindfulness Room, Amanda Lynch. Amanda is an education consultant specializing in self-care, mindfulness-based trauma-informed practices, and restorative justice. She's a licensed teacher and has worked in public education for nearly 20 years. Currently, Amanda provides professional development workshops throughout the country for educators, students, and their families on the impact of adverse childhood experiences on student and family engagement and on learner cognition. Sarah sounds like a nerd, right? She is. She's also (laughs) my baby sister. (laughs) Amanda loves introducing communities of color to mindfulness practices, meditation, yoga, and sound healing therapy. She's also the founder of Rethinking Resiliency, LLC. Hey, Amanda. Hey, Candace. How are you? I'm good. And as I told you, I need you to project. (laughs) Because you're the baby sister doesn't mean you get to have the baby voice. I'm, I'll try not to use my meditation voice for this interview. Yeah, this is not a meditation session. I need you to reach <laughs> down deep and project. So tell us about The Mindfulness Room, your first children's book. I have a copy right here. Yay! Tell us about it. Why did you write that? And what's it about? Um, so The Mindfulness Room is about a young girl named My Angel who experiences the loss of her father. Um, and as a result, her mom and family just become um, engulfed in depression. And so one day at school, her teacher introduces her to a mindfulness teacher, and she starts the process of meditating, doing yoga, really just doing some self-care with her little sister at school and with the teacher. It evolves into her mom also doing these um, strategies at home with her and her mom also working with um, the teacher to improve and build upon the resilience of their family. So what made you want to write a book about a child who suffers the loss of a parent? Well, I worked as a public school teacher um, and in public education for almost 20 years, and many of my students and their families have been impacted by domestic and or community violence. And so um, my angel is really just the embodiment of a lot of my students. Um, It's almost like a love letter to um, my time in the classroom. And so in helping my students work through a variety of losses and traumas, Uh, We would frequently do meditation or various mindfulness activities in the classroom. And I just thought that more people in our community, especially, um, would benefit from learning some of these practices. So can they learn the practices directly from the mindfulness room? Absolutely. So on the back of the book, um, initially the book started off as a guide for teachers on how to um, teach their students to be more mindful. Um, but I thought that it would be very powerful to include um, a strategies guide at the end. So there's an ABC section at the end. There are 26 strategies 
listed in the back with different types of breathing techniques, um, some yoga, things that you could do at home with yourself and with your family. Uh, and so it's really, you know, something that you, even if you don't have a mindful practice, could pick right up to start to develop one. Oh, that's fantastic. So why did you name the main character My Angel? It's a very unusual name. Most of us would not be familiar with it. Why did you pick that name? <laughs> I'm asking questions. I know the answer so, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so there were two main reasons. My best friend, her her name was Angel Jackson. And she was killed 14 years ago. And so my angel um, absolutely derived her name from Angel's name. But I've also had just many students with that name. I've always thought it was just very unique. Um, and I thought it just fit the character as I worked through developing um, her characteristics and her personality with my editor. Who was your editor? Oh, the lovely Candace L. Davis. Also known as my sister. Yeah, we're ridiculous. <laughs> so, okay, so my angel is sort of representative of some of your students, but did you draw inspiration for her from anyone else? Oh, absolutely. I also have four children. Um, I have a three-year-old daughter, six-year-old daughter, and 14-year-old daughter um, who have very big, larger-than-life personalities. And so um, sometimes we have to use these strategies at home to rein our energy in. Uh, and so we don't flip our lids because we talk about that in the book as well. It's a, lot, it's a little bit of brain science in there as well. Um, and these are things that I do with my own girls. And so if you look at my girls, it's, it's very funny that the illustrator, when she sent samples to me um, of, of what her vision was, had never seen my daughters. Um, and the main character and her sister looked just like my six and three-year-old. So absolutely, they also were modeled after the girl. That's really cool. So you mentioned your illustrator and... I want to talk a little bit about how you worked with her. But before we do, I also want to mention that you wrote your second book, Breathe Baby, Breathe, Baby, Breathe, as um, a board book. It's appropriate Mm -hmm. for younger children who maybe aren't ready for regular paper books yet. What made you decide to do that? I have a three-year-old who doesn't always understand that books are our friends. And so... (laughs) Sometimes Rosebud will turn um, books into her own coloring book, or I will find pages of books where they should not be. And so I wanted to have a book where I could hand it directly to Rosie, and she could interact with that with or without me or with her sister or brother. Um, And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do a board book. But I also, the strategies are the same in that book as well. Wanted to have something for younger kids who may not have the attention span. or self-regulation skills to sit for a story like the mindfulness room or for parents who really aren't ready to introduce a, a, a trauma um, from a character's perspective to their kids, the mindfulness room, um, you know, can be a little heavy. And so I wanted to have something that was still a fun read, but, you know, geared for a younger audience as well. So what made you decide to go the self-publishing route as opposed to, waiting to go through the process with a traditional publisher? Well, I don't know that I have done a lot of research about what, um, like some of the groups that I'm in online, I see where authors have submitted, you know, a hundred portfolio letters, examples of their books to traditional um, publishers. I never did that. Um, I have a friend who owns a publishing company um, and so as I was working on my draft, I sent that to her and, and asked what her thoughts were. 
And her initial response was, this is amazing. You should publish it yourself. And so um, she and you and, you know, various friends that had, you know, looked at the book um, to give me feedback really were instrumental in helping me to walk through the self-publishing process. So I think there are probably pros and cons to both. Um, I think the only drawback I would find with self-publishing would be marketing because it's, it's another business. And so if you have a full-time job, you're going to put in as much work with self-publishing as you do with your day job. And so just having that in mind, um, books don't sell if no one knows about them. So making sure that you are really hitting the pavement, um, exploring social media, networking with other authors, making those kinds of connections um, has really helped me in terms of marketing. But that would be, I guess, why I went the self-publishing route versus traditional. So, and I will just say this as someone who's gone with my clients through the traditional publishing route many times, you still are a hundred percent responsible for marketing your book. So a lot of people think that if they go the traditional route, the publishers are going to do it and they're not, unless you're already a best-selling author, in which case they know they can make a lot of money on you then with you, I should say, sorry, publishers, but <laughs> otherwise they're not going to invest money in marketing your book. They expect you to do that. So when you write a book, just be prepared to market it, period kind of where we are on that. So I think it's kind of important, like if anyone is watching video as, as opposed to listening to the audio, and you can find the video on YouTube or also on my website at CandiceLDavis.com backslash 22, I believe it's episode number 22, that you see the artwork because I've seen many uh, children's books that were self-published. And unfortunately, some of the value of the book was lost because there wasn't um, the quality of the artwork to go with the quality of the content. The author did a great job, but the quality of the art just didn't live up to it. And your artwork is really professional. I mean, it could stand next to any book in Barnes and Noble or your favorite independent bookstore. So tell us how you found your artist and what it was like working with her. What's her name again? My name is Bonnie LaMayer. Uh, and Bonnie is based out of Ontario, Canada. Um, I went on Upwork and um, put up a proposal. I had several um, artists submit um, samples of what they thought my angel might look like. I gave them a very general um, description of what I was looking for. And so that allowed me very quickly to narrow down um, who I thought would best would work best with me. Um, and it ended up being Bonnie. It developed into a beautiful um, relationship. We're actually completing two more books. And so, um, but I also was very cognizant of the fact that I could have gone with a cheaper illustrator, maybe not have gotten the quality that I was looking for um, to just hurry along and get my book done. And even though I started writing my book in May and it was, it was out over the summer, it was out in July. Um, Bonnie worked very quickly. We had a very um, easy understanding of what my timeline looked like. Um, she's won a multitude of awards. She's gone to graduate school um, for artistic design. She's an author herself. And so I also wanted to make sure that her background was really in line with mine. Uh, and so, um, and I believe in paying people for their work. And yeah. so um, she was amazing. And But what, what going with someone who may um, have more experience um, doing this. And so her price may be a little bit more than what some people initially would like to pay. 
It has allowed me to be in independent bookstores all over the country, um, Barnes and Noble, Walmart, um, Amazon, um, Target, Books a Million, Target. Um, if there's an online retailer selling books, my book is there. Um, I'm the only self-published author that is right now been nominated for an award from the um, Library of Virginia. And I've had many librarians say to me, when you pick my book up, they don't they don't believe it's self-published. Um, and so that was really important to me. Not that there was anything wrong with being self-published, but I think that for um, especially big box bricks and mortar stores, they have a certain look that is appealing to them. Um, and they're very hesitant to purchase books that aren't in line with that. Um, it's also been very well received by schools. Uh, I've done book talks and various things at different festivals. And um, it's just allowed my book, I think, to grow wings in spaces that it may not have because I um, put in that initial investment and I've, I've been able to recoup that very quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. And I remember when you were going through the process of testing out different illustrators and having them create samples. And we learned something at that point that we did not know <laughs> Oh yeah, <I'm> <laughs> about getting samples. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> what did Upwork say when you were getting <laughs> Make sure that you pay people for their samples, even if it's $5. So on Upwork, you are not allowed to ask people to send you any work at all without offering some type of compensation. So if you are going to request samples from five authors, just offer offer them, you know, $10 for a quick sketch. I wasn't looking for them to do like a full, you know, in color, full spread. I just wanted a sketch of what um, my vision was. And I wanted something that didn't look like computer animated, but had more of a hand-drawn look to it. And so um, that was something that I learned early on. So just to make sure that when you are asking for samples that you're also compensating. Um, illustrators for that as well. And with your work with Bonnie, so she created these illustrations. Does she get, how did mm -hmm. you compensate her? Did you pay her up front? What, what is the relationship like when it comes to the money? So, so my relationship with Bonnie, once I paid her her standard fee, um, I'm not even sure that she and I, we had a contract through Upwork, but we now work off of Upwork because we've developed a relationship. I don't think we even have a contract, which is probably something we should have. So maybe don't do that. But she and I don't probably don't have a contract. Um, but I will just eat my heart and say, this is what I'm looking for. And a few days later, she'll, you know, or normally the same day, will say, this is what my price looks like. Um, and, uh, you know, typically we can go from there. Um, sorry, my computer cut me out. So, um with her, it's been pretty, pretty standard. She has a set price for a double spread versus a single spread, and um, really has just given me the allowance to to say this is what I want, you know, and how I'd like for it to look. Um, but you know, just make sure that you're compensating people well for their their work. I own all the rights, so all of the images belong to me. Um, I paid her upfront, so anything that I only use use them for playing cards. I've used images for um, a journal. I just let her know that this is where it's going. I'm going to give you credit. And, you know, it's been pretty, we have a pretty flexible relationship. But just make sure that that is um, understood between you and your illustrator, because I do know that some illustrators um, work for royalties, and that just sounded a little complicated to me. So um, she and I didn't go that route. Yeah, having done a, a royalty relationship, it is incredibly complicated. 
And if you can avoid it, I say avoid it. So I'm going to switch lanes a little bit from the business of writing Mm -hmm. to ask you about your purpose. What do you consider your purpose to be and how has writing children's books allowed you to walk in your purpose? I feel like my purpose is to serve um, communities that are often marginalized. Um, Some people may refer to them as underserved, but um, those communities that you might not see in the margins. Um, And so I work with adults and children to help them grow um, in their resilience and also to help them to develop um, or fine tune a mindfulness practice. And so I really feel like that that is my purpose. But in order for me to fulfill that, I have to have my own mindfulness practice. So a lot of people will say, well, how do you do all of the things? And, you know, I'm like, well, I couldn't do all of the things, one, if I didn't have a faith base, um, if I didn't have yoga and meditation. I also have a lot of family support. Um, You all are watching and listening to my number one cheerleader. Um, So um, I have a lot of um, people that just hold space for me and with me as well. And so um, just making sure I have, you know, all of the things that I need to be balanced and healthy in order to pour into other people to increase their own aptitude. Great. So right around the time that you released the Mindfulness Room, you also launched your education consultancy. Mm -hmm. And how have the books helped you to launch and grow your business? So I um, was working in the public school system and I just started to really feel like the job that I had, which was um, to observe and examine student behavior, to write behavior plans and make suggestions to teachers about how to curtail um, student behavior, um, really wasn't getting to the root cause of the behavior. It also was not really helping teachers to develop their own cultural competency. And so um, I decided to just branch out on my own to be able to offer these workshops throughout the United States um, on Zoom and also in person. And so I'm being able to have a book uh, also increase my expertise Um, because I have done a lot of inner work and self-education working with um, Dr. Ander, who um, is one of the co-principal founders of the Average Childhood Study, Um, just various like names that you would know if you worked in education. Um, it also allowed me to get a lot of um, book reviews from these people. And so being able to say, okay, I have a, a, a book review from Dr. Katie C. Tillman, or I have a book review from, you know, the principal of, you know, this school, um, opened certain doors for me and, and allowed me to, I think, I'm able to sell my books in um, mass quantity to school divisions and to staff. And so I think it just really has enhanced what I was already doing, but just made it maybe more of an expert or, or a better expert walking in the door. So what piece of advice would you give to someone who does have a business, whether it's in education or a similar mm-hmm. field, and they think that writing a children's book might be a good asset to add to their platform and also help them to reach a new audience, but they have no idea where to start with a children's book. What piece of advice would you give them? Um, One, I would say to brainstorm, like, who is your audience? So who are you writing to? Who are you writing for? So are you writing a children's book for kids, one for parents to share with their kids, one that can be used in the classroom? Like, what what is your area of focus? 
And so maybe to brainstorm that with like your circle of trust. Um, uh, then two, once you've sort of formulated who your audience is, what your topic is, um, to just start writing and go from there. Um, buy children's books, go to the library, see what books look like. Um, I've learned a lot after releasing my first book that I probably should have known before. And I think that Candace was probably telling me to do something. I was saying I don't have time to, to go and count pages in the, in the, of these children's books. But, you know, they're like a certain page number for different age groups. And so like researching those kinds of things. And so doing that back end work, also really examining your finances and determining what you can afford. I took on a special project at work last year and all of the money from that project went to publishing my book. So it didn't take away from, you know, my normal uh, income. And so really being able to examine like what you can afford to do and maybe wait if you can't get that author, I'm sorry, that illustrator that you really want to work with. So maybe you could wait three or four months. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, just sort of doing like that back into research, joining um, different groups on social media um, that are um, geared towards children's authors. There are many, many groups that I belong to that um, are geared towards indie authors, um, authors who write books for children of color. So really networking in those circles as well, um, because that's a whole nother support system. Um, yeah. And it, it, you know, I've also been able to like sell my book through um, partnering with other people and selling them as packages. And so, um, you know, those are some things that I would off the top of my head suggest. So one of the things you were really hard headed about when we were at the beginning process of developing one of the things. Yeah, one of. The only one I'm going to share today. I'm not going to share all of them. One of the things you were really hard-headed about was I said, we we have to know from the beginning what my angel wants. And we have to see her work for it and get it. And you were like, no, we what does she want? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I you were not the easiest client. client. I, was, I was the easiest client. You were not the easiest client but at any rate once you locked down what <laughs> my angel wanted it seemed like the rest of the story really fell into place and um, solidified really quickly and so we got a sense from what she wanted at the beginning of the book she really wanted to see her mother smile again because mm -hmm. since her father had passed away her mother hadn't she hadn't seen her mother smile again and so we see her use the mindfulness tools that her teacher is giving her to help her mother get to the place where she can smile again. And at the same time, my angel is being transformed and her grief is being transformed. So having that goal for your character, in my very humble opinion, <laughs> it really solidified the story. It made that story come alive and it made it so any child can connect to it because at the end of the day, if the character gets what they want, it's a happy ending. And children are looking for happy endings. I agree, but I, I don't think I was that difficult to work with. Oh, you're the worst. So the <laughs> you, 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 were, you weren't the worst, but you were like not easy. <laughs> I'm just going to put it out there. So where can people find the mindfulness room and breathe, baby, breathe if they want to order it right now? You can find the mindfulness room and breathe, baby, breathe. Um, simply by doing a Google search, it'll bring up everywhere that it's located. Um, Amazon, uh, let's see, 
Target, Walmart, Books a Million. Um, if you prefer to go to indie bookstores, um, you can go that route too because they have access to ship them from just about every independent bookstore um, in the country. Um, and so, yeah, they're, they're it's widely available. I'm super excited. Awesome. And if people want to find out more about you, where can they find you? You can go to RethinkingResiliency.com and all of my contact information is listed there. Awesome. Amanda, thank you for joining us on Nothing But The Words. You're the first guest. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to Nothing But The Words. I'm your author, Coach Candace L. Davis, and I'll see you next time.